0: Hey, clan. Guess what? what? I got old today. <laughs> That's right. This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. But this month, the month of May, is my birthday month, and it's one of my favorite months at Minute With Mary. So first and foremost, if you have not already joined my Facebook group, search the hashtag MinuteWithMary and request to join my VIPs. It's called hashtag Minute with Mary, marvelous VIPs. No joke. I'm a real life person. I love to talk makeup and skincare and I won't bug the heck out of you. I share fun little tips and tricks and videos. But this month, since I'm getting older, I want to turn back time. (laughs) And I am. My discount, my Minute with Mary discount is all about skincare because some of us are not putting on a ton of makeup right now. Like, right? But we do want to emerge from quarantine looking as fresh faced as Claire does as she would Turns back from the stones. Dang, Katrina Balfe looks so stunning. So this month, I am giving you 15% off my three favorite current skincare products. It's my hydrating mask, which is going to feel like you just came back from a tropical vacation of beautiful humidity, and your skin is going to feel so luscious. You can wear it for 10 minutes or overnight. You can even put it on your hands. I'm throwing in my lip exfoliator, so your lips are just going to be kissably soft in case you do come upon a James Fraser in your life, and my cleansing cloths. Which, because I'm frugal, I'm going to tell you a tip: you can cut them in half and get double for your money. Oh, yeah! So it's my cleansing cloths, which are amazing. They have all natural oils. My hydrating mask and my lip exfoliant. Uh, it is going to be t- in a moment at minutewithmary.com/slash/discount. If you're joining us here live, I will put that link in the comments if you would like to see the discount. So minutewithmary.com/slash/discount. When will you leave? Even a week. After your mother left me with you
1: and our belly. I never thought I'd see you. But I can't. you were there. And I was a husband and a father. And now I'm a grandsire. Even
0: though I may never see any of you again, you have made my life whole. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars.
1: Sing me a song of a history we <laughs>
0: Larson. My
1: name's Blake, and I just have to wish my beautiful bride a happy birthday.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank
1: you. A yes. Happy birthday for my bride 29 oh. again.
0: Oh, yes, yes, of course it is. She of is course. perfect.
1: She is amazing. She
0: <laughs>
1: we are in fact recording this on her birthday. We are. We are a day late in our recording normally because our children were a disaster it's last okay.
0: night. It's all good.
1: Uh so but we're here now. We're here ready to talk about Outlander. And uh, I think I have to say I, I'm going to come out of the gates with a smoking hot take.
0: Oh, give it to me! Give s- it to me! <laughs> what? That's what she said. Jeffrey, okay. okay. Jeffrey, stop! stop come stop. on, Jeffrey.
1: Um, smoking hot take. You ready? Yes. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm. Best sandwich on the planet.
0: Peanut butter jelly time.
1: Pe- <laughs> Best sandwich on the planet. You cannot convince <laughs> me otherwise of anything else. Oh, it man. is the most. It is the most carryable. Uh, it is the most. Uh, uh, um, satisfying yep. it is sweet and savory <laughs> yes, it's it long lasting yep easily transportable truly it's the best sandwich on the planet Okay. and it's very fulfilling
0: you it's- know i do love me some peanut butter and jelly I'll get on board with you. I'll get on board with you there. Well, of course, we're going to be chatting about uh, the penultimate episode of season five for Outlander. But before we do, Blake and I would love to remind you all that we will keep podcasting throughout Droughtlander in all sorts of ways, whether it's about Outlander or about other things that interest Blake and myself. You can find out more by following myself and Blake at Mary and Blake on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Instagram, or by going to maryandblake.com. We do have a lot of podcasts, and if you are binging um, different shows right now, we may have already podcasted about some of the ones that you're checking out, so we would love to keep you company. And also, talking about keeping people company, what are you guys doing next Sunday night?
1: Because <laughs> we got some plans.
0: We got some plans. And even though we can't have you over our house, first off, we probably wouldn't be able to fit you all in our little house in Rhode Island. We are the smallest state. but In, in, in the
1: smallest house. Yeah. In the, in the smallest state. Yeah.
0: But, you know, in the, in the couple of years past, we have had real-life finale viewing parties where we've had people fly in from, honestly, all over the world. We've had some international friends join us. We've gotten together for merriment, gotten to meet and Three other members of the Outlander cast staff. We've all watched the finale together. And then Blake and I get to have a discussion on that episode, all with banter included by our guests. Mm -hmm. But of course, it was limited to who was able to come, who was able to visit Rhode Island. Well, then the coronavirus hit and we had to cancel our finale party. But alas. We had a chance of good luck and Blake has decided along with uh, our party planning committee that the show must go on and we are having our virtual finale party. So Blake, break it on down and let people know where they can find some more information if you're free Sunday night.
1: Sure. Just go to outlandercast.com and you'll see on the menu up there, it just says virtual finale party. Just click that virtual finale party button on the menu and it will take you to all of the details that you need to know for the virtual finale party. But just to break it down here for you for the podcast listener, yes, we will be watching the finale together with you. As a matter of fact, we're gonna try to kind of treat this like the Super Bowl. We're gonna treat it like the Super Bowl. We're gonna okay. have some fun with it. Yeah. We're gonna have a pre-game, we're gonna have a pre-show. Mm -hmm. We're going to get together here in the studio with us, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to have some special guests.
0: Yes, we will,
1: virtually. Virtually. I cannot tell you who they are and what they will be, but you will be quite excited about them. You should be. It's kind of a big deal. So we're gonna have some special guests uh, and some other guests from the Outlander Cast staff as well. Uh, we'll be taking predictions, uh, and if you want to send us some video comments and video predictions, you can as long as you're a member of the OutlanderCastClan.com. You can do that there too. Uh, so we will be playing those predictions, giving our predictions in the pre-show, and then what will happen is is you will be invited to our our home theater where yeah. we watch Outlander every single week yes uh, we will be here and uh, we can't show the, the we can't
0: show you the screen so when we say a virtual viewing party you need to still be able to see the finale episode on your tv or laptop or phone with us it'll be a two-screen
1: experience yes so what will happen is the camera will be fixed on mary and i as we're watching the show you'll get our reactions you'll be able to comment with us you'll be able to comment with each other and talk with each other because we'll all be live together on youtube facebook twitter Uh, Like how we are right now. We will plan
0: on pressing play at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, for those of you who are watching along live with STARS, hopefully you'll be able to watch it at that point. Those of you who have access to an app will all do a little countdown, three, two, one, press play. Is it gonna be perfectly synced? Probably not. Can I you pause it. it and like figure it out? You bet. Or could you mute us and kind of like listen along on your own screen and still join in with the chatter? You bet. This way, it's like you're all chilling out on the couch with us. We can squirm, we can ooh, we can ah, we can say, Claire, what are you doing? Oh, my goodness. You know? <laughs> So basically,
1: it's the Super Bowl of Outlander meets Mystery Science three, uh, Theater 3000. Yes. That, that's what it meets.
0: So we'll have the pre-show. Then we're going to have, we have the actual Then we have the actual viewing, yep. where we all sit down on our respective couches, beds, you, wherever you are, and you're watching, and we're watching it together, and we're chatting. We're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then after the episode airs, Blake and I will come right back here into our studio. That's right. And we will discuss the episode with your your opinions. So once again, if you're a member at OutlandercastClan.com and you watch the episode earlier in the day, I know several of you watching and listening are members of the clan, you have a really unique opportunity. What do you mean? To submit a video feedback. Oh,
1: oh yeah, for outlandercastclan.com. Mm-hmm. You can submit your video feedback. Normally it's all only just for the co-producers and up. However, I'm going to open it up to everybody. Everybody for the finale party itself. Um, and was gonna... a
0: member at OutlanderCastClan.com Correct. those Correct. are our patrons uh,
1: so w- you will be here with us the video comments will be here up on the screen if you're watching us live right now if you're listening to the podcast you don't get the benefit of seeing us on the uh, in our studio at the moment but if you're there with us in the live finale You will be able to be up there on the video screen with us, showing, telling us your comments, telling us your thoughts about the finale itself. We will also be trolling all of the forums and all of the social media. Your comments, if you're not a member of OutlanderCastClan.com, number one, what are you doing? Number Two, fine, number three, stop <laughs> you' are Number three, stop what you're doing and join, yes, but if you're not that's okay, <laughs> still
0: you okay. me, still love you
1: um we will see your comments in the threads here. we will bring them up, we'll bring them up too we'll be talking about them, giving you our reactions, and well, then we'll have a nice little. Uh, thank you uh, note and video from the Outlander cast staff. Yep. And uh, and then that'll, that'll be it. Right, right so here's the o'clock-ish. good news for
0: those of you who are outside the U.S. and maybe you have to watch the show on a different date. You can still be a part of the pre-show. The pre-show, which is about 7, 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, will be starting mm-hmm. and that is uh, unspoiled, okay? That's gonna be what do we think's gonna happen? That's gonna be some pre-show discussion with some special guests, as Blake said. So if you are part of our aren't International friends, please know that we would love for you to tune in with us from 7pm to 8pm Eastern Standard Time and know that the 8 o'clock and on show the viewing party and the post show will still be available on video and of course our podcast yeah. um, so when you are able to watch it in your own time we would love for you to join along and press play even though it won't necessarily be live it'll be like you're there with us yeah. here A- Everything the that
1: we do for the virtual finale party will be available on YouTube and, and uh, on, on the various social media but definitely YouTube so if you do miss anything for whatever particular reason, I will break them down in terms of pre-show, finale, post-show. You'll see three separate videos. We are
0: recommending that everybody who watches, if you can, if there's flour in your house or you can get some to make some shortbread.
1: Yes, that's one of the things. So there, there are a couple of things that I would like you, everybody, to do, if you Um, can, if you can. Uh, We actually, so we
0: can feel like we're all there together. I know.
1: So what we're hoping to do is create the kind of community that we've always had, as Mary said earlier in the previous finale parties. We're drinking all the same things. We're eating all the same things. We're there together. Unfortunately, now we can't be. But you can eat the same things, and we're hoping that you can utilize one of our uh, great recipes made by tammy Lish spencer one of the outlander cast staff writers mm-hmm. her shortbread recipe it's all it is it's flour bread and sugar you and you, you bake it you, you can't get any easier and where than where can they that.
0: find that recipe if they want to check it out and and actually listening.
1: just go to the just go to the outlander cast virtual finale party page just go again go to the virtual finale party in the menu of Outlandercast.com. so go to
0: Outlandercast.com. yep click the menu virtual finale party and, and the recipe see, is there okay.
1: again the recipe is there also If you were one of the awesome people that got the virtual finale party t-shirt, of which there were hundreds of you, um, literally hundreds, um, wear your finale party t-shirt. Yes. And even if it can't come to you in time, still get one because it's just still part of the community. Go. if you have
0: any Outlander gear, if you have yeah. uh, tchotchkes, if you have Funkos, if you have anything like that, we want to see those pictures. We want to see your room set up, sharing those photos with us on social media on Sunday before and during the show. Um, also, I think it'd be really fun for those of us who can to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yep. as we travel together and find out where the heck Bree, Roger and Jemmy travel to. So if you like peanut butter and jelly, of course you can make that as well. And
1: then of course we have the, uh, the unofficial sponsor of the Outlander cast <laughs> <laughs> listener feedback episode is out white claw if you do happen to have some white claws in the house if you want to go get some you want to brave the uh, the public you can Just go get some White Claws, Maybe We'll all drink some White Claws together. We'll have fun. Or you can have some whiskey, or you can have some tea, or you can have
0: a hot cocoa. We don't care what you're having, but we want you to join us. So all that to say, we would love for you to join us this upcoming Sunday for the Outlander Cast Virtual Finale Party. You can find all information by going to outlandercast.com, clicking the menu, and click Virtual Finale
1: Party. That's right. All the information is there. Everything we just talked about and more is there. So anything you need to know you can find it there. Marvin, it is though time to talk the penultimate (sighs) episode. Not the finale, the penultimate episode. Yes. Are you ready to get this done?
0: I mean, I don't feel like I am, but I know that I am, but still, it's it's a doozy. Let's
1: do this. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) So here we are. We are in the penultimate episode, meaning the second to last episode, correct, of the season. Of the season, um, some pretty cool things happened inside the details that I don't always pay attention to. And Blake talks about them, <laughs> but I'm paying attention this week.
1: You should. Uh, well, the title for this one is called Journey Cake, which is another name for the PB and J referenced. Mm-hmm. sandwich that we have talked about earlier in this episode it is something they actually physically make by hand in this particular episode which is actually really cool uh the bread the peanut butter and the jam I, I imagine it would be jam that they were making maybe i doubt that was jelly but i could be wrong i don't know either way uh that is another name for uh for peanut butter and jelly mm-hmm. the uh writer was some um some some lady diana gabaldone i i just new, I, I'm not. Sounds just, familiar. Just some, something named S- Diana Gabaldon. <laughs> uh, you know, the author of the you entire know, the, book the, series. Basically the, the creator, uh, well not basically, the, the the creator, the ultimate mover of the Outlander yeah. universe. Uh, this is actually her second episode that she has ever written. Uh, she she wrote the uh, famous Murta episode, Vengeance is Mine, mm. uh, all the way back in season two, many moons ago, the, yes. w- the season that shall not be named. Uh, the director was Jamie Payne. Uh, He has directed three episodes of Outlander, including Free Will and The the Company We Keep. Uh, And, of course, this episode as well. I did look to see who directed the finale. They have not yet announced it. I don't know. If somebody in the comments that are watching us right now, if you give me the answer, I will call it out. Though, I don't know who did it. I imagine it was probably Jamie Payne. Because they usually usually do these things in blocks. Mm -hmm. So he probably did the final two episodes. Okay. Uh, having that but it is now time for the kilt rating Marvin I got a feeling your kilt rating is going to be about a 3 what do you got
0: oh you know what a measly episode I didn't know anybody no I give this episode a 5 plus Five plus meaning, uh, yeah, one of my top episodes, if not my top episode of this season. I really? think it is my top episode.
1: Ooh, yeah, them's fighting words. It's, you
0: know, it'll be something that as I like rewatch all of the episodes and and find those like ones that have risen to the top of my rating scale. I'll be able to duke them all out and see which ones really, you know, um, was the champion. But right now, this one's this one's feeling it for me.
1: Yes, uh, for me, you know, I have written here four eight five. I've, uh, I've got a feeling, though, I am going to have some cow pies thrown my way if I go with that, with yeah, that rating. even um, by me. I know. Um, I think I was feeling a little froggy.
0: You totally were, because as we watched it a couple of times, both times you were like, I really love this. I really like this. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm laughing. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> I think the aw was when you saw Lord John Gray.
1: Oh, yeah, both. Well, <laughs> come on you as always... did all
0: of us when, so whenever... when when i saw this when i opened up the google Doc and i saw 4.85 i said blake your kilt rating is wrong
1: well well you know when when you see lord john gray just glistening in the sun with oh, the diamond like features all i could think bulb. of is see it yes out loud by the way by the big way. news okay stephanie meyer releasing a new twilight book
0: honey this is a book that Twilight's have been waiting for forever. It's yeah. Twilight by Edward Cullen's perspective. Perspect- oh, yeah. And we read like the first chapter.
1: Yep. It's called Midnight Sun. Yeah, we know. And yeah, I know you know, but I'm just saying for all the other dorks out there that don't know, you know, then we, how much
0: I- Edward really wanted to eat Bella. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: So uh, I'm very excited about that. Okay. So I will be reading it. Anyway, um, so I think I'm going to give this one a 4 9 as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, that's more appropriate. I-, I really liked this episode. Um, geez, you know it God you know the back half of this season has been mm. really good yes uh, I, and I might even throw it up there with the back half of season two. I might even throw it up there with the front half of season three mm-hmm. uh, the back half has been very, very good. So I'm yes. gonna, I think I'm going to give this one a four nine. I'm going to, uh, nice. That's where I'm going to go.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling that for you. Okay. So GBGs, our goods, our bads, and our greats for the episode. And of course, in true fashion, when I give something a five plus, I have to have a GGB, a good, a great, and a best. My good was something as simple as peanut butter. Mm hmm. So it was funny because when the title cards came up and we got to see Claire sitting in her bat suit unwrapping with the, the saran wrap, Blake was like, oh, my God is that the bat suit? <laughs> Wait, she's eating peanut butter and jelly? And he said, yeah, don't you remember when Brie made it for her? And I'm realizing as a book reader that I don't think that was covered in the show. Nope, wasn't. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, don't you remember she made her those? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Mary. This is when probably other book readers are, are shaking their heads saying, Mary, we go through this a lot, so don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just loved peanut butter. A, I love peanut butter. For for those of you oh who have God. not been around me in Ugh. regards to food, which like if you're around me ever there will be food involved. Um, peanut butter is my favorite thing.
1: <laughs> well, no, well, it is. Well, all, right. What? All, right, all right. All right. What? All right. In or out, tacos being better than oh, peanut butter.
0: Oh, they're two completely separate things. No, 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 things. no. You got to make a choice. It's like, do y- you want to y-
1: breathe or drink water? Well, you, you got to make a choice. No, you can't. Yes, you, you can. say
0: I have to live with, I can only live with both. <laughs>
1: in or out is a great game we play on our other podcast this is us too so if you get a chance we have a lot of great fun with that with that segment
0: so as a peanut butter lover i was just really excited that this of course came into play as blake said it was fun to see them take getting the peanuts and checking the peanuts and claire saying you know that that jemmy needs to have peanut butter she'd be damned that he, he won't be able to eat it um And then, of course, for the family eating it. And I just loved everything about peanut butter. If the peanut butter was in the scene, I was all in. Uh, My great was all of the conversations with Brie. Sophie Skelton has really, really become Brie to me. She wasn't always. I'll be real. I wasn't always the big, biggest Sophie Skelton fan. Uh, I just wasn't always the biggest Brie fan. I found Brie to be quite obnoxious for so much of the books. And yes. this, of course, is a point where, where in the books as well, I've I've turned. But to see Brie have these conversations with Lizzie, with Jamie, oh my God, with Lord John Grey, with Roger, with everyone, mm-hmm. um, it was interesting because like Brie is the thread right now in this episode. You know, with with Ian. You know, she's the one that's like. Oh, is, is you know what's going on, man? Like, I it's all the conversations with Bray gave me all the feels, sure. and then my best is Diana Gabaldon.
1: Oh, okay, great.
0: Um, her writing this episode was me making a mental checklist, going check, check, check. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Um, let's let's go, let's do this. In Diana, I trust. You know how we used to say, "In Ron, we trust." Yes, yes. In Diana, I trust. You want to throw me for a loop right now? Oh, let's let's go. We're on the Diana train, so sure. take me along on this time-traveling crazy ride, lady. She did a wonderful job. I felt like the characters were so pure of who they were in in the earlier seasons. I think all of the acting was spectacular, and I think that that was because especially they were given such an amazing script by this beloved author. So sure. what
1: was your GG, GBG? Well, I wanted to say one thing, actually, about what you have said about Diana Gabaldon. Diana was not present in... And this is not something I'm making up. This is something that they said uh, in the Outlander after the show. Mm -hmm. Show with Matt and uh, and Meryl. Uh, Diana was not with the writers when they broke the episode. And when somebody, when you break an episode, when you're breaking story for an episode, that means you're figuring out. Okay, we have X amount of things to get to. We know that we want to start here and we want to end there. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are the events that have to happen? uh, to get to the end from the beginning, and and they look at the season as a whole, and then they look at each episode and how the, each thing gets to the final goal of mm-hmm. where they want to be. What Diana did was write the episode, so yes. she didn't she didn't say okay. Guess what? Roger and Bree are going somewhere. She th- she was told, okay, this is what we're doing. We want you to fill in everything in between. And she has some say in what happens obviously, and she has She makes
0: it beautiful.
1: She and what she did does is provide the screenplay for it. These are the things that are said, this is the tone. Uh, well, not this, like this is the tone, but this is the tone that I'm going for. Is this in agreement with what you have established when you broke the episode? Uh, these are all of mm. the, uh, these are all the, di- this is all the dialogue. This is the flow. This is the pace. She had created all the stuff in between the major points of what they tried to get to. So that is the difference of, of what diana did as opposed to what was taking place with all the writers at the beginning of the se- at the beginning of the uh, series or when they were breaking the story so i just wanted to say that because it, it is relatively confusing for somebody so a lot of people will say how could diana switch x y and z from the book she wrote the book why would she change that she didn't it was what was established by the by matt and tony and all the writers who prior to the season being shot and filmed
0: she made it magical
1: but she made it magical she gave it the diana touch which she definitely did yes yes. the humor especially jamie
0: jamie is so funny you know
1: reading the first two books has given me uh a a, an entirely different perspective on james fraser Mm -hmm. uh not necessarily that he's a better character or whatever it's just difference yes and and when you say Diana wrote the episode, you can tell. Yes. Because that, that character trait of Jamie, I don't want to say goes missing, but it's definitely not highlighted the way that, it, because it's a subtle thing.
0: Yes. It's not like you'd say, "Oh, what is the top three traits of James Fraser?" Like that's humor, humorous wouldn't necessarily be one of the top three things you think about when you're describing this character mm-hmm. to say a coworker or whatever. But it's definitely one of his traits that can be you know, snuck in. And you're right. She's able to do that. So yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that uh, that you enjoyed that. So what's your GBG?
1: Uh, so my GBG is this. Uh, <laughs> I know. Sorry. I, it's just important. I want to make no, that distinction for people. No,
0: I know. I'm loving it.
1: Um. So, okay. My, uh, my GBG. Uh, first, the good tie. I have a tie. Uh, the first one, the first good, is uh, Bear McCreary. Oh, uh, yes. Bear McCreary this season has been very subtle. Very, very subtle with all of his themes. Uh, it hasn't been um in your face this season mm-hmm. which i can't tell if i like or i dislike.
0: It's been a lot of reminding you of themes of the past. Yes. It's been a lot of like pulling in those themes rather than creating new themes. We don't have necessarily a ton of new characters that he's establishing. Tons of themes for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no like new love interest or whatever. You know, we have our Jamie and Claire theme that we get to hear every so often. We have the the Brian Roger theme that we get to hear. We get to hear the the time traveling theme come in and out. Sure. Um, and you know, he had so many references, of course, at elements with with rec- with music back yeah, from previous right. battles. So he's been able to work with the repertoire that he's already had in a very smart way. It reminds me a lot of of John Williams. You know, you watch the latter movies of Star Wars... And you can sit there, and, and uh, you know, my kids and I were just watching today, The Force Awakens. And it's like, you hear the slaint, slightest bit of the Force theme. Yep. You know, which a lot of people at first associated just with Luke Skywalker when sure. we first saw, you know, A New Hope. But really, it was the Force. Yep. So, and I, that's what I was thinking about Bear, especially in this episode. You know, when Claire is telling Ian, you
1: know, what what
0: she really is. You
1: got to hear the Stones theme. Right, right. And you you got to hear Frank's theme, too. Yep. Uh, with with. A Yes, You got to hear Frank's theme. Uh, You got to hear Willie's theme. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a lot of subtle things in this episode. And and Bear, again, has been very subtle this entire season. But one of the things that he has done in this particular episode, which I haven't really heard in uh, Outlander, even in the first five seasons, Mm -hmm. is he uses these bells. If you go... um, I I wish I had... um, an example for you queued up i don't i wish i did um but he has these bells you can hear it at the beginning of was it
0: when they were touching the stones uh, when they were touching no, no, the no. opal
1: um yeah it might have been i think it was when they were touching the, the opal
0: it's to it, the sound of these bells is to make you feel uneasy
1: yeah absolutely and the reason why i know that sound and the reason why it is it, it it's like close it's such to a my bare heart.
0: thing yeah.
1: it's such a bare thing <laughs> uh, like bagpipes are um but it's because he used those bells a lot in uh, Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. uh, and it was—it's one of those sounds which
0: Ron Moore created, and Bear McCreary, of course, was once again the composer. For
1: correct, it. correct. So when you go back and you listen to it, um, if you're a BSG fan, you hear it, and you're like, "Oh my god!" It just it like it's like an immediate like download, mm. uh, the, like the Matrix in your yeah. brain. You're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> BSG. Yes. Um, go back and listen to it. You'll hear these subtle bells. Uh, And maybe later on I'll I'll put up a a, a song of uh, BSG that has a similar belt. Okay, Uh, But the other part of it is uh, following up on promises made at the beginning of the season, uh, the writers, and like lighting the cross. It was talked about at the beginning of the season. Here it is at the end of the season. They're doing it.
0: It's almost like... You could have forgotten about it. Right. You could have forgotten it was there. It's like when you have a fire alarm installed in a building and you're like, just in case for emergencies. Yep. You know where it is. You walk by it every day. Yep. And then because you've walked by it so often, you know it's there.
1: Right. And then um, Bree and Roger, you know, in quotes, leaving. Where they're going, we don't know, number one, but w- they they go to the Stones. That was promised at the beginning of this season. Uh, finally, giving us repercussions of Dr. Rawlings. where. <laughs> Like yes. you know, Aww. you know, coming up and finally delivering on freaking Fergus something that just kind of went the way of the dodo for a while, and now all of a sudden here it is again, um, and then all of these things being delivered on for this episode, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- the bad.
0: Oh my god! But you're such a nitpicky about this bad, so I can't even believe that you only gave it a four point nine. Well, there's a this... couple of things that okay. I was
1: going to mention, but first, uh, first the bad. Yeah, uh, just glossing over Ulysses. Like, oh, guess what? We have a solution. Like, here you go. You're going to England. And it's all done off screen. It's, you know, he's in the sex shack. And, 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 and that's that. It's is
0: so embarrassing. Oh, you were in love with her? Let's put you
1: in the house
0: where she and Murta banged. Um, oh, man.
1: So they, they just they glossed over it and it was like, okay. I don't think
0: they glossed over it. I think they gave him a good amount of time and then of course he was referenced again with Lord John Grey but you're just saying, because I don't feel like they glossed over it. You and I felt bored with Ulysses. Well, yeah, I was
1: bored, number one, but also too, like it was just, it was was like an an afterthought. Now, I know that they don't have a whole ton of time um, but this is a big deal. A black man killing a white man at this time who technically is free but, could be considered not like it's it's
0: that was the one part of the episode that you and i were like
1: "Eh." yeah but like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of meat on that bone if they really wanted to get into it like that that's a big deal what happened
0: agreed and you know it's something that they touched upon um, a bit more in season four mm-hmm. was the differences of people of different races in this sure. time frame in North Carolina. Um, and, and I will say, you know, it's touched upon a lot more, of course, in the book. So I think that they they did what they could with him yep. um, in this bit. Of course, an incredible actor. And of course, we find out that he's in love with Jocasta and that's why he stood by her even as a free man. Well, we don't um, find
1: out, but we can allude. It, it alludes to the fact that he was in love yeah. with her. Um, but the other bad, the, the, the one thing that actually really stood out to me in this episode was the editing. The editing was, and the editing in the season has been, has been iffy. Um, but in particular, this episode, there are two instances where Jamie is walking out of the big house and he's meeting the Lionel, the brother, yeah, the brown, and yeah, the brown, the random brown jabroni, and he goes out there, and as he's walking out, he crosses his hands behind his back. Yeah, he puts his hands
0: behind his back,
1: and then they shoot, they go to the the next angle, and mm-hmm. it's Jamie walking out of the house as opposed to you know from from the front as opposed to the back, and as you, you see Jamie again, and once once again he puts his arms behind his back, and it's yes. like, dude, he already did that. What are you, what are you doing? Yes. Um, and then there's another scene at the dinner t- at the dinner scene where Jamie is telling a story and he's talking and it like disso- with peanut butter with peanut butter and it dissolves from him sitting to all talk- talking and laughing and then it dissolves to him standing in like a totally different angle okay. like it was it was really weird and I'm like what are we doing uh, it's so-, so
0: funny because if I didn't if Blake didn't point these things out I would have never noticed
1: yes you know this is when
0: you were like oh editing mistake. Rewind it 10 seconds and I'm like, okay, I didn't even notice it. But then once I did, I saw it, I, I see what you're getting at.
1: All right, and finally my great, I have a tie, uh, showing the passage of time at the beginning of the episode. Oh, with the seasons. It was very Twilighty with all the different seasons. I loved it. It was, all I could think of is there's a
0: possibility. <laughs> well, oh. and, and for Jimmy having grown so fast so quickly, now of course he's, right. <laughs> he's stayed put. Yeah. He's right. stayed put, so he looks the same, so we're good.
1: And then finally the, the real great the great the, the best part of this entire episode, the thing that actually really puts this into overdrive for me, is momentum. We have Mm -hmm. momentum, ladies and gents. This is something that I've complained about for the past two seasons in the penultimate episode. I felt like the past two seasons nothing has happened.
0: In the penultimate episode. In the penultimate episode. episode. Whereas not in this one.
1: And this one, we got some real fracking momentum. Multiple
0: streams of momentum.
1: Literally is running (laughs) with a flaming a flaming torch. To light up a wooden... Cr- like, you cannot get any more forward momentum than what we got. Mm-hmm. And, and going into a finale, that is exactly what you need. Yes,
0: you need to be lit on fire, and Jamie did that for us.
1: Yes, so I, I I will say... Diana did that for us. She absolutely did. And, you know, the decisions that were made in the process of it all... I mean, the whole episode had good forward momentum, well, we'll get into it but just the momentum of it all is what makes me very happy and mm-hmm. I was like okay I, I get it now we're talking let's get to the rest of the episode awesome let's do it what do you got
0: okay let's do this okay <sighs> cat's out of the bag Ian
1: yeah uh, so he's playing with the opal by the way I just what? have to say this <gasps> Bam! You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, I called that. You know,
0: it's so hard because sometimes you come out with these outlandish theories that are like spot on the nose. And then you come out with other ones that are so wrong and I have to react the same exact way. It is very difficult. But yes, yep. yes, Ian finds out that many people who he knows and loves are actually from the future.
1: <laughs> and you know what? The kid handles it really well.
0: You know, for a young lad who traveled from a mere you know, <laughs> estate and farm uh, in Scotland to being thrust into the Mohawk tribe <laughs> in the New World prior to the revolution and then going back home with his family, you know, he rolls with the punches pretty well. And the way- And he was captured by Galus. I mean, let's be real.
1: Right. Bloody freaking Galus.
0: Let's be freaking real, okay? This yeah. kid's probably like, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no prob. Got it.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, I.
0: Didn't you want them to also be like, and was too? Sorry about that. I know. <laughs> 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 we probably should have warned you before to stay away yeah. from the crazy person. <laughs> um,
1: actually, one of the things that I quite liked about all this, because it's one thing to say, hey, you know what? Ian took it pretty good. As a character, for him to just take it, um, it'd be a little far fetched for me. Um, even Murta just taking it as the way that he did. Like I, I remember him being like, "Whoa!" I remember remember that scene in season two where he's like, "They had to they had to put the numbers on the paper for Murta." Yes. They're like, "Wait, you're all the way from here." Yeah, Um, that was very believable, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. In this scene, uh, it's very believable, not because of how they explain it to him or his reaction to it. Um, well, his reaction to it. It's how he takes the information and processes it for himself. Oh, wait, time out. Like, yeah, you were, you, I know you've been interesting, but this all makes sense now. Yeah. And by the way, can I do it too? Can we fix something that happened between a man and his wife? Yeah. And that is believable to me. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely believable Mm -hmm. to me because it gives him a good organic reason to want. To believe in it, number one. Yes, and accept it as a reality, number two, because it makes his reality more bearable. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what happened with he and his wife. We still don't know if I, I got a good outlandish theory about that. But just do it. No, just do it. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? Fine. We're here. All right, We're doing the other. We're, we're chatting, theory. Ian. All right. Yes. Ian. Yes. Did something that killed his wife by accident. That's the reason why he's so like totally gone about her and upset. And he doesn't want to admit the fact that she is dead. He may not know that she is dead, but she, he, he, um, interprets her as dead or missing. So he has done something to put her in a position where she is either missing or dead and he doesn't know her fate. So he just acts like she is, And that's why he wants to go back and fix it, because it's his fault. Interesting. So... I'll I'll take the interesting. Okay, I'll take the interesting. I'll give you an interesting. So what else? What else uh, did you did you like the fairy comment? Oh, I loved the
0: fairy comment yes. because, of course, you know that's something that's referenced obviously throughout uh, so much of Scottish culture. But even, of course, it was way back to season one. You mm. know, um, the people where were Jamie uh, not Jimmy, where where Jamie lived. Like this is something they believed. They talked about the stones and that magical fairy things would happen there. You know that this was this was integrated into into their culture, that there was some magic and mystery. So I do love that Ian was like, "Oh yeah, I know, you're a fairy, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem." Not going to the witch angle, going to the fairy angle, um, and then of course how how easily he can talk with Bree
1: mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, and because they've always had this kind of relationship mm-hmm. where it it was. Uh, since day one, it was just it was they were they were contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't Auntie Claire, it wasn't Uncle Jamie, it was it was Brianna. Yep. Uh, and, and even though she kind of came in, uh, Brianna came in, you know, late in the game. They had this kind of connection between the two where they could be real with each other, and uh, it, it's 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 a cousin style of relationship where it's like cousins are your family, but they're not like your family; they're your buddies, mm-hmm. and I like that. I, I've always felt that way with my cousins. Okay. They're your buddies. Yeah. And there's someone you can trust and you can talk to and mm-hmm. you can, you know, make fun of your parents, you know, too, and uh, that that whole thing.
0: I wasn't really close to my cousins.
1: Uh, uh, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Sorry about that, Mary. <laughs> Forgot about that. Thanks,
0: buddy. I didn't know I had cousins until I played against them in field hockey. And I was like, <laughs> you have the same last name as me. And they're like, yeah, we're your cousins. <laughs> Oops. <laughs>
1: Mary's family relationships weren't all that great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You just
0: don't go to the same prep school as us. (laughs) That's really what happened.
1: You go to public school. um, Anything else about Ian you want to get into here? Um, How they actually, how they give him the land. Oh my gosh! How uh, to give him all the land? Thank
0: goodness, because if if Roger says to Ian, "Hey, can you do me a favor one more time?" Mm-hmm. I'm gonna smack that man. <laughs> do you know what Ian already did for you? Right. But yes, can you do us a favor? Can you take us with the horses? You know, we're gonna be going for a pretty long trek. But you know, just so you know, we want to give you this land. Um, and and I love how he says, you know, just watch over it for us.
1: Sure, sure. And you know, it, it goes into. Uh, what that relationship between Ian and the rest of the Frasers are and how much they can trust him. I loved when he asked Jamie and Claire, did Myrta know? And he's like, and and Jamie says, yeah, he did. He, he, he understood. And uh, guess what? Now you do too. Uh, I, I I just felt that that was one of those great familial moments that helps solidify uh, the the connection between Ian and the rest of uh, the rest of the family. Something that I think is desperately needed. This episode is one that uh, absolutely invests in the relationships uh, in in this show and and gives them the the gravitas and the um the the due that they are that that is that is well earned. Uh, with this episode, it again it, it cashes in on a lot of the goodwill that has been created um, as a result of fixing. Uh, a lot of the relationships that have either gone wrong or uh didn't get enough of their due in season 4. This episode uh absolutely follows through with that, which is which is something that's great. Uh anything else you want to talk about with uh with Ian?
0: When he goes up and he touches those stones. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. And you just feel him want to cry. Yeah. Wishing, wishing that for a moment he could do something. Um, And how many of us have felt that way, you know, about real things in life, but like, maybe I could do that too. And you fall flat on your face. Um, Goodness me, that just, that just punched me in my gut. That's, that's one of the things that was so... Amazing about this episode, due to Diana Gabaldon's amazing writing, was you know we really felt these highs and lows, and we had this humor, and we felt just utterly dropped yep. in these moments. So yes, Ian, farewell.
1: I like how he he gets the information from Claire and Brie too at at the river. By mm-hmm. the way, setting setting for this mm-hmm. show, we talked about it last episode. Uh, for for Mercy, shall follow me. Setting for this show has been phenomenal uh, in these past few episodes uh the setting for uh the conversation between uh um, ian and uh uh, auntie claire and brianna is impeccable Uh, a rushing river a rushing stream behind them creating creating uh, uh tension and uh And hazard and uh, bringing things out of focus. It's it is the waves of the future running uh, away from from Brianna and uh, and and Claire and Ian Ian unable unable to escape the flow of the river and unable to escape the flow of time. He can't go back. Mm. What a tremendous setting for. Um, for this conversation. Agreed. And not only was it it, 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 thematically important and and symbolically important, it it was visually beautiful Mm -hmm. as well. um, Agreed. The way that it was shot. Uh, Something really, really great. God,
0: can I just say, Roger's memory... Of of the stone circle from when he was like stumbling and bumbling by himself being chased. Good memory, Roger. Good memory. <laughs> so can we move on to the next by Ian, yes, a.k.a. It. by Fergus?
1: Oh, of freaking loot At least
0: Fergus got to say something this episode. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> It was really, Jermaine, why are you outside? It's
1: dark. <laughs> yep. Fer- Fergus has one thing to say, and then they're like, oh, look at that. The still's on fire. Hey, Fergus, go figure that out. <laughs> poor Fergus oh hey Jermaine what's going on oh mom got beaten up Fergus go figure it out <laughs> poor kid
0: seriously the
1: bye Fergus
0: but of course you know it's it's important for him to be a part of this family but really let's be real the person who we we need to talk about is Marsily because Fergus has nothing to do right now oh my thing.
1: goodness Marsily Marcelli. Marsily's pregnant again dude what are we doing <laughs> she's doing Fergus Marsily close the legs <laughs> she's <laughs> doing Fergus <laughs> <laughs> bam Just like that A winner Touche, Mary Bring in the heat On your got birthday you. I love I it I got you I love it
0: Marcella is pregnant again With another Baron on the way um, And is helping Claire in the surgery Still still relating surgery and bones To how she takes apart an animal And girlfriend takes a hit While she's pregnant
1: Dude, she got smoked she got smoked like not only did she get smoked by the guy she got smoked by the ground a lot of the time when you get hit yeah you know it ain't the hit that knocks you out it's when you hit the the ground that knocks you out Mm -hmm. uh and i don't know how they did that in real like i don't know i don't know how they did that how they filmed that
0: but it was
1: a believable but lauren lyle i mean hit with a thud i mean Mm -hmm. it was it was like that that was the end um and you know poor jermaine i mean seeing all this thing go on and just hiding under the under well, he the wants table. his
0: peanut butter and jelly
1: <laughs> That's all this little man wants uh and i we were right um you know random brownsville log carrier kills random ridge car- log carrier <laughs> which was fine okay uh, if you didn't if you don't get that go back and listen hodgepile red coat yeah yeah um I, whatevs what
0: do you mean whatevs
1: he's he's he's, he's, a, he's a log carrier He's going to die. You know what I hate? What? I hate that guy that spits. Yeah, the brother. He's yeah. just spitting constantly. Hate,
0: especially now. I'm like, do you... Claire just needs to tell him, please stop spitting. Mm-hmm. Your germs are disgusting.
1: <laughs> we don't need the Rona. Go away. How do
0: you feel about the Browns? Let's just get into like I'm the negative the aspect of I'm this. Out. Well, you can't be out,
1: okay? They're a problem right now. I'm out. I mean, they're a problem now, but it feels manufactured. It feels like they're... They're getting and and this is one of the problems that I have with this with this part of of Outlander. They're constantly trying to separate Claire and Jamie, and they and they have to, they have to because it makes the story interesting. You know, once you kill off Stephen Bonnet, you have to do something to put tension into the air. And yes. how you do that, how you effectively do that, if you've already done that with Brie, is now you move on. to to Jamie or Claire. One of the two. Mm -hmm. One of the two that you really care about and you have to separate them and you have to create some kind of rescue mission that Mm -hmm. is obviously going to happen and obviously Claire is going to get rescued by the end of the season. So it's frustrating that at the last minute this is what they do. We're separating Jamie and Claire and look, it's the Brownsville log carriers that come and kill random ridge log carriers and we take Claire. And... I, I get the symbolism in the, I get the urgency for Jamie wanting to rescue Claire. I get the urgency of like, okay, he didn't light the the cross at Alamance. He didn't light the cross when he, uh, in all the other parts of uh, of this season. But when it comes to Claire, this is what he's doing. Mm-hmm. We're going to war. We're going again. We're going to get the Browns. Mm-hmm. But the, it just feels manufactured. The guy just happens to see the Doctor Rawlings. Um,
0: so you know how I feel about the Browns, yep. You know, like what we call our Satan neighbors.
1: Yes. Okay. So I hate we got them. these exa- I hate them. exactly. Exactly. So we have these neighbors
0: <laughs> who um, just really, really, really rough around the edges. Um, they just like to get people riled up, and they do not care. They have zero Fs for what you care. Their, their Fs their, account
1: is on overdraft.
0: Their dog. Somehow got into my yard, which is perfectly fenced in. But it got in that through dog the dog. Sucks. I was chasing my kids around, and I had to go, and I had to be like, "Listen, your dog was chasing my kids, and the dog then bit me." Um, they're like, "Sorry, whatevs," and they love to blare their loud cursing music right into our yard. Um, they're not friendly. Mm-hmm. They're not nice. They do things that um are really rough. And, tough, and we've had uh, several neighbors who have complained about them. So a couple years ago, Blake and I have this rhododendron bush in our front yard <laughs> that is on the line of like us and another neighbor's property. And our other neighbor cares about this rhododendron bush a lot. We don't really care about it, but whatever. So, shortly after a couple of altercations where I may or may not have reported the Satan neighbors to um, animal control because (laughs) their dog was left out in the heat, barking incessantly without any water or shelter, um, half of the rhododendron
1: bush was suddenly chopped off. This is a giant rhododendron bush. It's bigger. It's taller than me and like six of me wide.
0: And just chopped off on our half of the yard. Like, gone. Like... Like if you took an orange and sliced it in half, that's what our rhododendron bush looks like. Play in the plane, Helen. <laughs> I think of the Satan neighbors, like the Browns. Like the, you don't you don't mesh with them. Okay, they're they're really off. They do some weird stuff that you don't even want to know about. Wait, what they does the rhododendron
1: brush bush have to do with any of this? Because
0: I think it was the Satan neighbors. I think they know. I've been calling animal <laughs> control on their dog. That's who I.
1: Saw. Who else would it have been? A landscaper? No! A
0: <laughs> landscaper? No. All he has is a lawnmower. Why would he have cut up half of a rhododendron bush? I think it was the Satan neighbors. Because oh. I was getting after them all the time. Can you please have your kids turn down their music? Did you know your dog chased my kids? Whoop, animal control's here again. It must be that tall, freckled lady. <laughs> 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 Who tried to ring our doorbell, but our dog bit her. I think it was them. Yeah. And I think of the Browns like them. I think of them as these people who it's like, you just don't know what they're willing to do. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm not going to lie. You're going
1: to go cut your rhododendron bushes. If,
0: if we have to stay home really long. That's who I'm worried about is going to try to come in our house and try to take our short, shortbread cookies, okay? <laughs> like, like, there's always those people where you're like, I don't dig their vibe, and I don't know what they're going to do. So as much as you say, like, I don't care about the Browns, we all know a Browns. Mm-hmm. Ours just live diagonally behind us.
1: <laughs> the Browns suck. The Satan neighbors suck. It's a whole bag of suck. And, you know, suck, suck, suck. I'm just and-
0: saying. You can't trust those people. But you know what I'm saying? There are those people who just do crazy things and they just like lose it. And yes. you're like, how the heck did that happen? We all know, we see about them on the news. The Browns are the people that you see on the news and you're like, these people are real. That's the Browns. Just out there. That's our neighbors. Walking
1: around, making decisions. (sighs) (laughs) Well, you see, the thing with the Browns, getting back to the actual point of what we're getting to here. I'm just saying, you were like dismissing these
0: Browns and I'm saying that there are Browns in real life.
1: Let me me ask you this. Okay, so, all right, we're here with the Browns. It is what it is. They're the ones who capture Claire. Let's just, it it is what it is, okay? It, It happened. Have they built... Okay, so... A lot has happened in this season within a 11 episode stretch. A lot. Um, I, I can't. I actually cannot believe how much has happened in this season.
0: Especially these last two episodes. You and I have both been like, so much has happened.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot has happened. But, but I mean, it, it, since since m- really since Myrta, like the, the Battle of Alamance. R.I.P. I mean, raise a glass, dude. Sir, raise a glass. I mean, really, uh, just. A lot has happened between Stephen Bonnet, Roger getting hanged, the Battle of All—all all of it. Have they built up to the Browns enough? Is this is is the this final conflict between the Frasers and the Browns a legitimate thing in your eyes as it relates to the story? Not because of the books, but because the way the television show has presented it. Is this a legitimate thing to you? Yes. How come?
0: Because the Browns have been there this whole season, just like Bonnet's been there. Yep. You know, they've been sprinkled in. We were getting... We have had the Browns. The Browns are that freaking pebble in your shoe where you're like, oh, yeah, that's still there. I still don't like it. Mm-hmm oh yeah, we're at the Battle of Alamance and we're losing Merton. We've got all this stuff going on and, oh God, the Browns suck, man. They shot that guy in the back and, and he stepped on Claire's tool, whatever, and you forget about them and Roger's almost dead and this and that and, and you bump into the Browns again and they have earned their right to be villainous people in this season. I don't know. My
1: my sense... And just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> good Good one, Mary. I appreciate that one. Where is it? Here comes the general's uh, Washington. You're, you're welcome for that one. Um, my sense of it is, I, I get why they killed Stephen Bonnet in episode 10.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I still don't agree with it. They got the
0: Satan neighbor Browns to deal with.
1: <laughs> I, I still don't agree with it. I think if you wanted this whole thing with the Browns, they, they from what people have been saying, they have been really playing with the book timeline uh, as it relates to the show. Uh, pulling things from... You know, future books and pushing things back and whatever. You know, they have the right to tell whatever story they want to tell, um, and of course, thematically, it makes sense that Jamie is lighting the cross at the end of this season because that was, was what was promised at the beginning of this season, and it makes sense that the Browns are the ones who were. But uh, here's the
0: thing. But, okay, but, let's let's lay it all down. Okay, this whole season in the beginning, Jamie had to get a militia to protect people. Okay, but granted, it was from Governor Tryon and. Everything enabled. Now the Browns are saying, we need your help to pretty much do the same thing because mm-hmm. people are going around burning people. Yeah. Jamie says no. Okay, so you got this double standard going on where Jamie expects people to show up for him, but he won't show up for his local people from the Browns' perspective. Sure. Then you also have the Browns who want to defend their daughter's innocence. Their daughter, who they may feel like could have been coerced. Um, You know, yes, she says she's in love with this man, but took away their daughter's innocence. Mm-hmm. Jamie... Wanting to kill Stephen Bonnet. So it's this like interesting foil that is interwoven and they bring these points up so much in this episode. So even in the times that we're not with the Browns, we have actions that are much in line with the Browns going through Jamie's
1: life. Absolutely. So when we talk about antagonists and villains, you know, your protagonist and your antagonist have to want the same thing. They have to. They have to, be in co- they have to be in competition for the same thing. And in this case, um, I think the Frasers and the Browns are in it for their safety and their honor. They're both fighting for the same thing. It's just a question of how those things get achieved. W- is one person more right than the other? You know, is Jamie more right than the random Brown log carry a Lionel? I don't think so. And this episode makes great light of that. In fact, it it, it hits you over the head with how similar yet different the, Fra- the Frasers and the Browns are. I just wonder, the Browns just haven't been there A whole ton. I would
0: disagree.
1: They've been there a little bit. They were there for the Battle of Alamance. They were there in Brownsville back in episode whatever. But that's it. That's all we know about them. I don't even know the guy's name. I think it's Lionel. I don't know the other Lionel. I don't even know the other Brown's name. That's okay. I don't know. I don't even know the other Brown. The the, the brother. I don't don't know his name. You need to. That's the thing. No, but you do need to. If you need, you need to have. You don't
0: because they, Claire and Jamie, didn't see these people as a threat in the show. I think I would disagree with that. feel like Claire and Jamie find these people you know, not intelligent Mm -hmm. people that, you know, they don't really want to associate with people that you can't trust, but they're not concerned about them that much. They're worried, of course, about their own family, about the own situations going on in their lives. And because of that, they don't see them as a legitimate threat to threat to themselves.
1: I don't, I don't know. I think I disagree. I think we learned that Jamie was respectful of the Browns and respectful of how dangerous they could be in the that random Brownsville episode where he made a deal with them and he knew that they, you didn't mess around with them and he knew how important they were. So he had to bring them in on the, the March to Alamance. Um, I kind of disagree with you that they disregarded them, but even if Jamie and Claire did disregard them, we still as viewers have to know about them. You can't just, Throw them into the pile. I don't and,
0: think they're thrown in the pile.
1: Okay, no, I mean that's fair. I I, I I think it's a good argument. It's a good discussion to have.
0: And I do love that this is how, of course, the Doctor Rawlings things is now thrown in Claire's face. We've had that sprinkled in, yes, also throughout the season. And I think that this is was what's really interesting. You know, even way back to Joe Cast's wedding, we hear the little oh, and I read this thing about Doctor Rawlings and. um because isn't that where they're talking about it, where the two ladies, or are they talking about something else? They talked about Dr. Rawlings. Oh, in the Brownsville episode, they're yes. talking about it there. Weren't they also talking about- They talked
1: about it in this episode. Yes. When, when the- when Yes, the, when she's the, helping the, the her the with, the, with wife, the wrist. Yes. Yeah, says, you know, broke, broke the wrist, and, he, and he, you know, if you don't have sex until the final two weeks or whatever it was, or you do have sex, but it's not in the final two weeks, you're not going to get pregnant, so basically don't have sex. Um and it, clearly, the guy's pissed off about it, and it's Dr Rawlings who did it um you know <laughs> it just feels like okay, we need to separate Jamie and Claire. this is how we get it done the 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 Brownsville log carriers take her and because they see uh they see the the box well um but I mean, it is what it is i mean it is what it is, speaking of of that, can we just talk about? Because we're here now, and and I think this is I think this was the emotional crux of this whole episode. Something that I've been begging for is a real scene between Bree and Jamie, yes. and it's the reason why I played it at the beginning of our episode. This is I I understand that they had the great emotional hug between Claire and Brianna, and there was the great scene between Lizzie and Brianna, but I really feel like the the real emotional through line here is Jamie and Bree. Um, and how that even relates to the Brie and Lord John scene? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how those things, how those, t- how those two scenes coalesce? Uh, d- don't go breaking the iPad, Mavin. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> Swish and flick. Um, what do you think about the Jamie and and, and uh, Brianna scene?
0: Oh, I loved it. I loved it. You know, obviously he knows she needs to go, and for him to talk about how claire left with her in her belly Mm -hmm. um and how all he wished is that she you know had a good life and now she's been here and he's also be you know been able to meet her in real life been able to share with her the fact that she has a brother and also now he's been given the gift of being a grandfather that it's just you know made his life whole oh
1: oh my god and and and, all the fails and talking about that through the lens of knowing that he, he can't be with his son either he, he, not only is he losing his daughter, he's lost his son, mm-hmm. and they, he can't get them back. That's it. That she's made her decision; she's going back to the future, uh, where you know roads where we don't need roads where we're going. Um, and 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 Willie's off in England, and he's doing whatever the hell he's doing, becoming the the ninth the earl, earl. Of, yes. the ninth earl of of where, whatever I don't, I, Ardsmere or whatever. I, I can't remember what the hell he's it in is.
0: Hellwater.
1: Uh, but he's the ninth earl of wherever he is. Um, it's a big deal, and and Jamie. I think one of the things that works to the advantage of this season is that we haven't had enough time between Jamie and Bree. But Artsmere? I think uh huh? Ardsmere. Ardsmere, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Um we haven't had enough time between Jamie and Brie And that's by design. And this this scene is the is what highlights the fact that we haven't had enough time between them. Meaning you can feel the dread in Jamie's voice. You can feel how upset he is when, when when Bree says, I'm going. And you can you can discern the fact that Jamie just can't let her go yet. He doesn't want to let her go. The, he hasn't Why enough saying,
0: time. Look, I'm, people are correct. Thank you. Ours is a prison. I'm like, Elesmere.
1: Ellesmere. Elsmere, Yeah, sure. Ellesmere. <laughs> Whatever. Something mere. Okay? Stats for nerds. <laughs> Ellesmere. <laughs> Oh, oh my God.
0: And high water is where they live. Can I just say, how the hell old is Lord Dunsany that he just passed away? Oh,
1: yeah. He's like a billion years old.
0: How old is he? For real? Like, wicked old, man. <laughs> He's got the elixir of life going on. He
1: had a few minutes with Mary.
0: He sure did. It was that hydrating mask.
1: <laughs> By the way, go to discount. <laughs> Get your hydrating mask and look as good as Lord Dunsany. <laughs> <laughs> hey much. here here's something that that okay. um that actually jamie brings up to uh to lord john he says uh you know bonnet you know got what was coming to him he he d- died by drowning that that means he doesn't know that brianna shot yeah. Stephen bonnet wow talk about that for a minute like like let's wrap our brains around that like either that Brianna and
0: roger have kept that to themselves
1: it feels that feels like something that they would do.
0: Uh-huh. Agreed.
1: Uh, and I kind of like that. Yeah. Because that's like, like we said, it doesn't matter what Brianna was thinking. It's just that we know that was mm-hmm. her decision and whatever, whatever the reasoning behind it was, that was it. And that's personal to her. Jamie doesn't have to know. That's really, that's really cool. Like, I like that choice. Either Jamie's lying to Lord John, which I don't see the reason why he would, or he simply just doesn't know. And I'm willing to go as far as saying he just doesn't know.
0: Lord John, who once again brings the best freaking gift. How long has he had that (laughs) in his pocket? He's been here for so long, okay?
1: Oh, man. And is
0: like, oh, by the way, now I'm going to give you this gift. I'm going to drop
1: this bomb on you.
0: Because this is what I do. I actually have like a trove of gifts at my house. And each time I come, I just, like, pick one. You know, Astrolabe, you know, beautiful portrait of Willie. Can we just stop for one second? Because Blake and I have both forgotten. Why the hell is Lord John Gray here? Right. (laughs) Like,
1: what was he doing? Was he he just, like, there?
0: Why is he in the the colonies again? (laughs) 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 Okay, because he was in England. Then he went to Jamaica. And then he's in in, in Wilmington. Wilmington. Okay. But, like... Why has he been here for so long again? Aside from wedding commitments, he's been here a really long time away from his family, like uh, a really long time. Yeah. Sorry, darling and Willie. Yep. Wedding season got me booked for another two years. Someone else <laughs> just got engaged, and you know me—I've got this trove of gifts that I must go through before I leave. You know,
1: a lot of people have talked about having a Lord John spin-off series. I love Lord John, especially as David Barry portrays him. Uh, I just don't know if Lord John is capable of helming his own series uh, on Stars. I would like to see it. I would like to see, you know, I haven't read the the, the novellas, obviously. But at least based off of what uh, he has been given within the show, it would have to be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. You're looking at the camera like something's going oh, on. Oh,
0: people right? keep saying that Lumos is playing with, our, with my balloon behind me, so I'm yes. just trying to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Lord John Gray does a lot. So if he were to have his own spin-off series, I think it would be quite interesting.
1: I would like to see how it happens. I just, I don't, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. And, and of course, there's this thing that, that David has said he, his, his last episode of Outlander uh, was the was the was the latest one that he's leaving Outlander? He apparently said it on Instagram. Um, the way that the article was written and the way that he wrote it um, on Instagram, to me, it doesn't sound like oh he's done with Outlander. It was he's done with Outlander season five. Like he'll be coming back in season six. There's there's no way they're investing this much time into that character, and then just saying all right, see you later, goodbye. You gave your gift this season, now leave. Yeah, like, there's no way that's happening.
0: That's literally, he was like the friggin' genie in the lamp. Boop, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever show up without have a gift to no, the season? No, he
1: always had a gift. Every time, whether it was the wedding, whether it was, like, Just like random stuff. He always had a gift.
0: (laughs) I want to invite him over.
1: I want to invite him over. I want the gifts. I want him here just for the gifts.
0: You know those friends who you're like, damn, they're good gift givers. And
1: for the hair bows. I want the hair bows.
0: (laughs) Can we talk for a moment of of sadness? Sure, yeah. Smothering deaths.
1: Oh, yeah, that opening scene. Uh, The The burnt house. The the gratuitous is the... um, was it gratuitous for you? Too gratuitous, like the... The, the, the charred the, the, the child? The gore of it all. Like, is, was it too much for you just for the sake of being too much, or did it hit it right on the head? What is the point of that scene to you? What, where, what are we getting out of this? There's danger in these pots. That's what you're
0: getting out of this?
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: I think that it was obviously... Um, a big, important moment for Roger, who was able to do this mercy kill. Um, and he insists that he do it and not Jamie. But I do think that in this episode, it is very important because obviously for most of this episode, things are pretty good, you know, aside from the Browns, like things are pretty good. We see people fishing and they're making peanut butter and they're having family dinners and they're, you know, digging an outhouse, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just family stuff on the farm, which are some of my most favorite moments at the Ridge. Um, but the truth of the matter is that this is a very dangerous time. Sure, yeah. Roger has to suffocate a burnt child.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And like this family was
0: killed inside their house and then burnt inside their house, and he has to take the life away from a dying child. My question, and then he finds out that his child can be saved from this time. Yeah, hell yeah, he wants t- time to get to, out here. Time to, to here. go. It's too yeah. much
1: danger. I get why they why they leave. My question for you in this in this whole thing is yes. It shows you, I think, that Roger is now more capable of handling the time, and he's willing to do the things that he needs to do because it is such a dangerous time. He's becoming more acclimated to it. However, why the hell are we suffocating this poor girl? Why ain't not you shoot her? They got guns. Like you suffocate suffocating is horrible I think way to die. it would be
0: loud. It would be loud. So if there was someone dangerous nearby, and you'd waste a bullet. You well, know, they were saying you know, hello. There's...
1: They were screaming.
0: Oh, yeah, and like. I don't know. I just... It's really... I don't even know. But I found it quite interesting that, of course, like the previously on Outlander, we get to see Jocasta um, attempt to be smothered to death by Forbes. Yes. And that was like a murderous way of mm-hmm. killing somebody. And then we have this smothering death of Roger having a mercy kill for this poor burnt child. Yep. Um, and I thought that it was very interesting to have these two alike ways to die, mm-hmm. but it, one in a murderous way and one in a way that is being kind. Yep. Um, but yes, I took it as we need to be reminded how, in this episode, we need to be reminded uh, that Roger and Brie know how trying these times are and they want to do what is best for their family. Remember, Brie just shot and got to see her rapist, um, you know, finally brought to justice. But yep. this is a very, very dangerous time for their families to be brought in. And of course, you know, as much. T- Fun they have. Roger is not great at this time in life. You know, sure, sure. I love how he's like, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll find a job for me <laughs> that I, I don't need to shoot or you know fight or do anything like that." Uh,
1: you know, part of me, my interpretation of this scene, and especially with you know, random brown log carrier having his his leg injured mm-hmm. uh, because they talked about the arrows in the in the dead people in yes. the house. Part of me feels like the browns were somewhat responsible for the burning of the house So of
0: course the browns then mentioned this you know as they ride on up they say oh we've heard yeah, things yeah. and we've had issues have you seen anything like that and of course that is it's when jamie brings up well actually we just saw this dutch family that was burned and um i forget if it's hodgepile or someone else who says oh well we think it was the indians right and and and, and, that's and ian the thing. steps up and says you know
1: no, they wouldn't have done
0: wouldn't that. Have done that. Yeah. And uh, Roger, they were all like, no, we don't think it was. Even though Claire found the arrow, right. they still, as like the the Ridge people, they they still in their guts feel like, no, something isn't right.
1: Right. And, and <laughs> talking about the Satan neighbors, the Satan neighbors are the one who burned the house down. Definitely. <laughs> um, I, And the reason why I say that they're the ones who did it is because they need to legitimize this peacekeeping, whatever the heck, it's group like whoever they are. smelt
0: it, dealt it. Yeah, kind of. Hey, have you guys seen any houses burnt down? Maybe with like <laughs> kids burned on the outside.
1: Anything like that? Anything at all? Are are you right? sure? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, good. I just, just make it sure. Yeah, just, make just it sure. Just want to make sure. Well, they they have to legitimize their. They kind of remind me of the Watch almost. If you remember that in season one, the Watch was the one who was there, like, uh, you know, taking care of taking care yeah. of business. Yeah. Uh, the same thing goes for for um for the Satan neighbors. We're we're definitely calling them the Satan neighbors from now on. Um, Same thing goes for the Satan neighbors. These people are there to legitimize their existence with this peacekeeping commission that they've created and they have to cause terror in order to legitimize their authority within the community. So I I think it's the Browns who did it. That is another outlandish theory of mine. (laughs) Do you
0: want to know something? What's that? When Lionel came up and Claire was like, that wound's festering. It reminded me of Snape when he's coming in and the scene where they have the troll and he like quickly takes his cape and covers his wounded leg.
1: Yes. You know, Hello and tears him
0: down and and Snape glares at him like, I've done nothing to do with yeah. this. <laughs> you know, so there they are like, oh yeah, there was this burnt house with all these oh, Dutch people and the guy's man. like, oh, I hurt my leg a couple days ago. Right. It's like, Snape, cover
1: that up. <laughs> um, all right, we are in an hour 12 here so we got to wrap this okay. up. But I do want to talk Let's about Let's talk about sex. Uh, oh, yeah. Dang. That was aggressive.
0: In a good way. Uh, in a way that has been needed this season. So here is Claire.
1: That was aggressive. Really? Yeah, I, I thought that something was going to happen to her. Like, so <laughs> she was going to fall out? I thought she was going to fall. Like there was going to be Trust a rope. Trust in James There was going to be a rope that like, came and, like, Ripped her down like you know one of the Satan neighbors saw her. Did you see
0: the wind billow up? Oh in her sweaty yes, I did. Curls? Oh yeah, because you know she's got you know when you get really sweating the back of your head sweating and she's just like I am feeling everything right now. <laughs> I'm gonna feel hot, cold, and all sorts of things in between. I love how she just went over, put on the perfume. There he is, asleep, still got socks on, yep. just chilling. <laughs> She wakes up hot. What a great use, too, to show that the non-aging Katrina Balf is, in fact, aging, aging yeah. as Claire, right. that she's now going through menopause, of course, and having these hot flashes. Um, and just a beautiful moment. But I'm not going to lie, the next morning when they show the scene of the ridge, yeah. I was thinking, imagine if someone was walking outside right then to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: there's Claire. It'd be like, Ian, Auntie Claire! <laughs>
0: Just hanging out of the window. (laughs) Like she's flying. Like she's rose from the Titanic, but upside down. (laughs) She is a (laughs) fanny. How does she do that? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Jamie can do it. Oh, Jamie can hold on tight. Man. Loved that moment, and loved how it was just inter like oh. woven in, where it wasn't. You know, so much of the early portions of of Outlander in their coupledom, you know, was so physical, which was, was of course luscious and yummy to watch and interesting in their relationship. But the physicality between Jamie and Claire is important, and I think, for example, um, in the in the stable in the barn, you know, we got this rush of of passion but it felt so weird and it felt so off and we need to have this reminder that this is one of the things that bonds jamie and claire in a very unique way Mm -hmm. in a very special and sensual way and i just loved this scene and i loved how it was fluid even though it was like holy smokes
1: well we have vicki johnson here on facebook saying that's a typical take from a man uh from me that was aggressive. And I have to address this. No, I don't care about the sex part. That was great. It's it's very erotic. It is very sensual. When I mean aggressive, I mean it was like it was in a window. I like, would
0: not have let you done that to me.
1: No, no. I wouldn't have done it to you anyway because it's your, your hand's window. so sweaty <laughs> Or I slipped. You're She's a wizard, Harry. Heart. She's she was, just having a hot flash. Like, you know, like, there's it, sweat. And no. just You know, there's things happening. No, I mean, it, it was a because of the a bungee cord.
0: <laughs> and of course, what we get from that is the sperm scene.
1: Uh, yeah, right? You're it missing just...
0: all these little nuggets. That's why I'm just bringing them all in. No, no, I'll take it. Keep on going. And I love how Claire's going. just sitting there with her cup of coffee. Oh, and Jamie's like, look at, you know, I pictured them having teeth. And look at these handsome tails. (laughs) I love how proud he was speaking about them, not even knowing that they were his. his. And she collected them Uh. that morning. And how he asked, whose were they? What was she going to say? Once again, another gift. Who'd she get the the new lens from? Lord John. Lord John,
1: best gifts ever. I saw somebody here in the comments (laughs) say, Sir, gifts a lot.
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: That is the new shirt. That's the new shirt, ladies and gents. This coming out tomorrow. Lord John, Sir Gifts a lot. <laughs>
0: oh, So good. So man. good. So there they are. And now Jamie understands uh, how how Seed actually looks. Um, and it's really interesting that we do get to learn all these little bits of biology through, through Claire that is not necessarily known throughout this time.
1: All right. Any other thing that you want to get to? Um... Um, that we got a call out here. I just
0: once again loved the music that Bear kept interweaving through. Oh, I did really, really love when when um, Bree and Roger were sitting down formulating their plan after they've now found out that Jemmy can hear the stones. Not only hear the stones, but he freaking broke an opal.
1: Yes, absolutely, an opal that was supposed to show Ottertooth if someone was holding it. You know, it has this great you know pow- power about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big deal, and uh, in the show, they're alluding to the fact that Jimmy was able to break the opal because he is the product of two time travelers, travelers. and because of that, he is such a powerful time traveler that uh, he has the ability to do something of that nature, Uh, which kind of plays into my next outlandish theory that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, It's People are taking it as proof that he is Roger's child. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you buy that? Yeah. Um, I kind of buy it, I too. I mean, because
0: it didn't, you know, Claire's had this opal all this time. Other people have touched this opal, and then Jemmy finally touches it, and it's hot. And the buzzing comes from the opal. They're not near any stones. They're not near some magical little pool that Galas wants to jump inside of. Mm-hmm. It's an opal that they've had around them this entire time, but somehow um, Jemmy's touching it brought about this time-traveling magic bit to it. So, yep. you know, really interesting to see uh, that all take shape. And, of course, as Brie and Roger are sitting there formulating their plans, Discussing, okay, we say we can say we can go to Boston and we need to make sure we say goodbye to everybody. I loved how Brie was saying, okay, you can be a university professor, Mm. you know, that would make sense to people. And Roger says, yes, keeping to the truth as close as possible. Bringing back Frank. Yes.
1: Yes. Bringing back
0: Frank and his reference to Claire in what, episode two, Uh, where Claire, of course, is getting Sassanac wasted uh, as she's um, in Casa and she's trying to stick to the truth as much as possible, talking about how she was visiting her family in France or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But bringing it back to Frank.
0: Bringing it back to Frank, because then we have all those flashbacks with Frank saying, like, remember, when you're being interrogated, you need to try to stick to the truth as much as possible. And I loved how this line was just interwoven, that this was a skill he also taught to Brie.
1: That is two Whitney's in a row. Two Whitneys in a row for uh, for good old Frank. That is awesome. Great job, Mary. Mary's bringing the heat this season. Hey, you're bringing the heat, man. That's what
0: happens when you get a little older, wiser? <laughs>
1: Oh man! All right. Anything else you want to get to? Oh,
0: you know, I'm feeling I'm feeling really good. I know that we've been on here for a long time.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm so, sorry to rush us, but we're already at an hour 19. Yeah, so, I wanna...
0: so of course we are going to have a second episode this week, um, and and of course the finale. There's just there's a lot to get through this week, and I I loved it. I want Diana Gabaldon to write in season six. I tell you what, <laughs> but she needs to finish her book, and now she has a broken shoulder.
1: I know, just, poor thing. Got all got all Bees
0: can't catch a break
1: nope cannot can't, cannot 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 so um all right you ready to get to the outlandish theory oh my god you still have one i got yeah i okay. got dude i got tons of outlandish yep. theories you know how much stuff happened in this episode <laughs> yes it's like how can you not come up with a billion outlandish theories all right let's do it Is so, that one of them? So we have avoided the big McGilla here. What the hell happened to Brian Roger? WTF, mate! What the hell happened to Brian Roger? Where'd they go? What <laughs> happened to the? Wh- when did they go?
0: Wherever it is, Jemmy's Jim, excited. I think it was an ice cream truck that he saw.
1: Uh, it... <laughs> Yay! By the way, I mean... why are the ice cream trucks still going around? Right, we have an ice cream truck, three of ding, them. Ding, ding, ding! Come here, children! Come on over! Don't wear masks. It's only a little bit of Rona. <laughs> oh my goodness! Why, why is the ice cream man a 1920s newspaper salesman? Totally a bit, a little bit of Rona. Come here. <laughs> I
0: don't know, but I'm like, stay away, <laughs> stay away with your sticky doors. Uh... Um, anyway, so yeah, we've got everybody all tied up. Holding on to their wee gems. Yes.
1: Uh, and They travel through
0: the stones. They go through
1: the stones, and, and is it is what it is. And the
0: rope gets broken, which is friggin' scary, man, but thank goodness they're all still together. Jemmy, oh, I woke up. I'm okay. Yeah. And he gets up, and he's super excited. Brie and Roger turn around, flabbergasted.
1: Flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. Where the hell did they go? When did they go? And uh, and uh, wh- what the hell's happening here? I'm hoping it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> Welcome to Jurassic Park. They just just see so many dinosaurs.
0: Dino DNA. Um,
1: here here's the thing: they're not going to be in, in 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 Dino Land. That's not going to happen. There's no no chance that they don't that have happens.
0: the CGI budget. No,
1: they don't. Um, we learned that with the <laughs> buffalo. Uh, <laughs> hashtag not great, Bob. So awkward. Not great, Bob. Um, no, uh, they're not going to be in Dino Land. My guess is this. They don't go anywhere. They don't go anywhere. And they don't go anywhere because throughout this episode, throughout the season, but particularly this episode, but throughout the season, a uh, running theme for, for um, uh, Brianna and Roger is what am I doing here? What's my point? Mm-hmm. Where, how do I exist in this time? And this is made even more clear when, when, Brianna is looking at little Jemmy interacting with Grandpa Jamie. And they're at the horse, and he's showing them the horse and who's everything.
0: holding the horse in that scene, by the way. I don't know. some looks like a person it's, with it's, a burlap it's a, it's sack a, on their a, head.
1: It's a random ridge log carrier. I
0: don't know if it was Lizzie. I just
1: couldn't <laughs> see. Yeah. Um so the w- the way that I see it is this. What's my purpose? And what Brie, I think, subconsciously realizes. Is that her purpose? Isn't necessarily to be an engineer. Let's just hope it's not twenty twenty. Uh, I don't. I don't think that is the case. Although I have an i. I have an idea about that too. He has but, a mask. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Welcome to twenty twenty. Here's Baby Yoda. Here's a white claw, and here's a mask. And murderous Go.
0: hornets. And, and enjoy. And
1: murder hornets. <laughs> I saw. I saw a great, a great tweet <laughs> the other day that said, "You know what? The murder hornet subplot." Not great this year. I could deal without it. The main, the A plot line, the Rona, that's the one we should be sticking with. The B plot, oh the God. murder hornets. Anyway, let's just take that out. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. So, plan the so plane. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm distracting you. You are distracting me. Uh, so, plan the plane, Helen. There you go. All right. So, Bree and I think Roger subconsciously see, especially after the conversation that they have, um, you know, I didn't have grandparents, you know, and Roger's like, I didn't even have parents. Um, I think they both subconsciously recognize the fact that their purpose isn't necessarily to be uh, a professor or an engineer or, uh, whatever it's, their purpose is to be with family. It's their purpose is to fulfill their love of family and give Jimmy something that they didn't have, that they wanted. Um, and couldn't couldn't get in their own life, and I think subconsciously that is where it's guiding them. Yes, they can go. They can go um, to the stones and go through, but the stones, because of their subconscious efforts and their subconscious wants and their needs, and, and following through. We talked about this at the beginning of the episode. They they followed through on promises. They followed through on things that they brought at the, brought up at the beginning of the season. They're following through with this. What is my purpose? And my purpose is to be with family. And the Stones spits them back into their own time. And Jemmy sees one thing and why he's running to him. And there's a reason why they open this episode up with Ian playing with Jemmy with the opal. It's number one, to tell you that Jimmy is a time traveler. But number two, it's to show you that Ian and Jimmy have a good relationship. One, that's good enough that he would see Ian and run to him and say, oh, my God, blah, 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 you blah. Know? And Brie and Roger are like, wait, what What the hell? Like, I thought we were going back to the GPS future. GPS is broken. Yeah, this GPS sucks, guy. What is this, the office? You know, like. <laughs> um, so how
0: about this? <clears throat> What if Jemmy was thinking about the horse or Ian cuz it has Absolutely. to be Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. That, that's what thinking. And and th- How can they all And that that's possible. And, and another thing that's possible here too is again um Jemmy is the product of two time two time travelers.
0: Like they should have whispered in Jemmy's ear like Disco
1: and <laughs> <laughs>
0: traveling to the moon. All
1: the, the, all the brown. Oh, my
0: God. Um, bell bottoms. Yes,
1: yeah, so much bell bottoms. Um, <laughs> all the brown. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're right.
0: We wore a lot of tan.
1: Um, <clears throat> the, another supposition here is Jemmy is the product of two time travelers. As such, his ability... To time travel, he trumps them. It, he, it, he, yeah, his ability is is greater than 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 Rogers and Breeze. And what he understands as his home, what he thinks about as home, is the Ridge. It is Uncle Ian. It is Horsies. It, it it's all of that. So you could suppose that he's the one who guides them back. He was gonna be pumped, Claire. Yep, she's gonna be happy. <sighs> Oh shucks! But I wonder, I wonder how, I wonder how. Uh, Roger... Oh, actually, she's not home. Oh yeah. <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> she won't
0: oh. know. <laughs> oh,
1: sorry. Oh, oh man, that's <clears throat> funny. Uh, so, I think it makes sense that they're going to. What? <laughs> I'm just
0: picturing that they're two weeks away. If they come home, it's going to be like Home Alone. <laughs> yeah,
1: mom. mom? I wish my family would disappear (laughs) where are you guys
0: (laughs) because they're all gonna be gone looking for Claire (laughs) Uh...
1: (laughs) look what you did you little jerk (laughs) you're welcome uh all right all right we gotta uh let's let's oh yeah we gotta close this bad boy out all right uh so, uh, my outlandish theory, what are you giving it?
0: What is your outlandish theory? That
1: Jemmy was the one who brought them back oh, and that they're fulfilling their purpose. Interesting. Okay, okay fine. Mock me. Please hang up and try again. All right, final thoughts, final thoughts, final thoughts. I'm
0: pumped. I'm pumped for this finale. I'm pumped for the virtual finale party that all you are going to be coming over into and uh, joining us, whether from afar or nearby uh, virtually. It's going to be amazing. Once again, Outlander cast. Dot com, click on Virtual Finale Party on the menu bar, and you'll learn more.
1: Uh, for me, the final thought is this. This episode could have been a really sappy episode, and it wasn't. And it wasn't because they made a really good point of putting the focus on Roger and Bree and them saying goodbye to everybody throughout the entire episode. It was something that it was perfectly laid out throughout the beginning the middle and the end and having them potentially spit back to where they are um is an excellent choice um and how they're going to have to deal with that how are they going to explain the fact that nope ain't going to boston we're coming home um that's a big deal so i liked the episode because it was it was ordered properly and the 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 um the emotional through line was intact. And the emotional through line throughout the whole thing was Roger, Bree coming to grips with who they are, what their purpose is, and saying goodbye to the ridge, even though they're probably going back. And I really liked that. I thought that was great. So I wonder
0: what they told Joe you, you know how you just left Jemmy everything? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Sorry about that. Sorry. What <laughs> about that? All right, you ready to get out of here? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
0: Onto. Of course, thank you all for tuning in to Outlander Cast for this penultimate show discussion episode and let you know that, of course, we will be back this week
1: we will be back this week if we missed anything please let us know in the comments and uh, in the conversations that we've been having here Uh, we'll be back on uh, Thursday or Friday depending on how our kids are reacting to I'm sorry Wednesday or Thursday depending on how the kids are reacting to all the stuff Uh, it'll be the listener feedback episode and uh, it is all about what you have to say so if you hated what we said if you loved it tell us if you want to make fun of us do it if you want to tell (laughs) us how great we are do that too uh, we'll be here for you, ready to take your emails, your voicemails, uh, your Facebook, Instagram comments, your YouTube comments, your website comments. All of it will be featured on the next listener feedback episode. And by the way, make sure you go to outlandacastclan.com. For those of you who are watching right now, uh, in about 10 minutes, we'll be doing the AfterDoc show. It is absolutely one of my favorite shows to produce in the, all of the entirety of Mary and Blake Media. It is a. Of course, its its foundation is Outlander as of this very moment, Um, but it's really just a personal show that Mary and I do. um, That is an extra episode of podcasting from us that you guys get at Outlandercastclan.com, and is one of the many perks that you get so if you're listening to this on the podcast later on next week be around for the after doc show if you're watching us live right now in 10 minutes we will be doing it so go to outlandercastclan.com become a member there uh and uh, not only watch the after doc show that's going to be happening but you get your video comments featured uh next week Uh, Oh my gosh, so excited for the video comments. In our Outlander Super Bowl uh, live extravaganza, if you will.
0: Speaking of OutlanderCastClan.com, truly this is what keeps us going. It was what keeps the podcast afloat and the website afloat. So we truly thank you from the bottom of our hearts, especially during times like these. So thank you to all of our patrons at OutlanderCastClan.com, but especially to our most generous uh, patrons, our associate producers Angie, Candy, Carolyn, Celine, Christine, Dawn, Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Karen, Lindsay. Marilyn Moe, Patricia Rita, Stephanie and Valerie, as well as our co-producers Amanda, Anley, Barbara, Dana, Jennifer, Keelan, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Tina, and Whitney, and last but certainly not least, our executive producers Anne, Bobby, D, Eliza, Jen, Joanne, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadra, Peg, Sarah, and Siobhan.
1: By the way, I want to call out, uh, we always have a, a goal here of getting over 400 viewers in our live feed. Right now, uh, actually, our highest was 470. Ooh! Uh, right now, we're at 436, So, uh, but our highest was 470. So I'm really happy. You guys are sharing like wildfire.
0: One of the best ways that you can actually share is screenshot if you're on your phone or your iPad. Take a screenshot of what you're watching right now and share it in your Facebook or Instagram stories and tag us at OutlanderCast to let other people know that if they enjoy Outlander, that they should come on over and join the conversation conversation. conversation and possibly check out our podcast
1: go to maryandblake.com check out all the great podcasts that are there search us on social media just mary and blake check us out man especially during drought land we got plenty of stuff coming along in the way Uh, Including our Hamilton, I'm sorry, including our crown podcast that we'll be doing. We got some other things brewing.
0: Outlandercast.com has, in addition to podcasts, amazing blogs. We have a talented blog staff from all around the world helping create content all season long and throughout Droughtlander. So even as we're approaching, yes, I just said a swear, Droughtlander, even (laughs) as we approach it, know that here at Outlandercast, we are going to continue to bring out quality content to you in all sorts of ways. And a big thanks to all of our Outlandercast staff near and far. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you so very much
1: Marvin I gotta say one thing and one thing only tell me happy freaking birthday oh, thank you my beautiful bride thank you I don't know what I've done in this life to deserve you but I got you oh thanks and I'm so happy that you're
0: here <laughs> me too you're just the best and thank you everybody for for tuning in on my birthday you know this is my first birthday that I've spent podcasting that's right I did spend the birth of my daughter uh, watching watching Outlander. Outlander. Yes, you, yes so, you did. <laughs> things coming around full circle. So thank you very much. Once again, my name is Mary. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast.